much The Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about, well, Star Trek. Loudly and at great length. I'm your host, Kareen, joined as ever by Ari. Hello. And Kim. Hello. Today we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 23, All Our Yesterdays? Yes. It's some kind of soap opera-y-ish title. Or as I like to call it, Burr! It's cold out here! And also something with the Three Musketeers! <laughs> <laughs> or librarians be tripping. <laughs> um, yeah, this I feel is the worst portrayal of librarians of all time. Like as a rule, we do not try to send our patrons back in time. No, 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 no. I thought this was a great portrayal of librarians because they were being he was being as exceptionally helpful to everybody as he could for as long as humanly possible. As, and then he wanted to fling them into a frozen Yeah, no, as a professional, <laughs> he was terrible because he didn't actually answer anyone's questions. No, that's true. Not a single one. No, as a reference So much for the reference desk. Yes. Wait, but which one? You mean reference ATOS, right? Not I mean like reference Specifically ATOS. reference ATOS. Okay. Yes. Although all of them, I would say, get feeling marks for customer service. Yeah. Um, not a reference interview among the lot. Not a single, like, asking questions, getting to know them. They're asking, like, our crew is asking good questions that deserve answers, and he just railroads right over them. Mm. Also, I'd argue he's more of an archivist. Anyways. <laughs> so no, this, I, I agree with you. Yeah. He's not a librarian. <laughs> no. He's an archivist. Yeah. He's an oh, archivist. Yeah. Different kettle, which is equally or, like, even more deeply shameful is that this episode was written by Jean Lizette Arnold comma, MLS, Master of Library Sciences. She wow. was a reference librarian at the time that she wrote this episode. Well, I'm sure there was more in the original version before the room got to it. This is not then the first time that they've called a space librarian, or a space archivist a, a space librarian. Yes, the, the two terms are not interchangeable. But, like, think of all of the times that, like, you read books that are actually written by librarians. The good ones are full of insane amounts of irrelevant to the story detail. So I'm guessing the first draft hey. of this script. Hey, hey, You hey. know it's true. No, there are plenty of good ones that are written by librarians. Yes, I'm sure there are, but many of them, if she had her way, I no! imagine. Back off, man. Step off. <laughs> Just because your profession doesn't do anything exciting. Mm -hmm. Okay, also, the librarian's name is Atos. Mm -hmm. A to Z. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was amazing. I did not get that. I laughed out loud. That's great. Well, I had a super hard time paying attention to anyone's names in this episode, so well, I, I had to see it written out. I didn't turn the captions on until about, like, two, three minutes in, and the second his name showed up on the screen, I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. It was hilarious. Oh, you guys are way more organized than I am. I'm just like, that eh, sounds close enough, and write something down. Also, Zarabeth. I had the hardest time. <laughs> I love that name, Zarabeth. It's, like, very soap opera-y for your All Our Yesterdays show. It yeah. is All Our Yesterdays, starring the dreamy Captain Kirk, who in this episode beats up women, priests, and old men. <laughs> he goes yeah. for the holy trifecta. I'm just ashamed he didn't, like, shake a baby or something. Well, there weren't any babies to shake. Very unfortunate, which of course makes this one of my favorite episodes. This is actually like very soapy for an episode because, like, yeah. Kirk also gets accused of being a witch. Oh, God, oh, God, in jail is my favorite <laughs> part of the episode. Yeah, but like, Zarabeth, our support supporting character, has also been banished back in time by an evil dictator. Yeah, because her entire family tried to murder this guy. Like, that yes. is like, this is the best soap opera of all time. It yeah. really I, the history. The history of this planet is the best soap opera of all time. Okay, the history of this planet we cannot go through, which without talking about the prostitute called Lamort. 
so the death that the Irish prostitute. Oh, let's put a what question she? mark at that Irish because I could talk for forty-five minutes about her accent. Well, I, no one had the same accent <laughs> when we saw, like, when Kirk first goes through this, this like to the, the set portal. of the Three Musketeers. Yes, I was like, oh, okay, we're in like alien France. Yes, and then the redhead in yes. the green dress yes. starts talking, and I'm like, no, no, we're in medieval Ireland. She's not even just Irish; she's Irish. <laughs> Yeah, um, her her outfit. Most of the women were like, I don't know, seventeenth century. It's just like, and then there's the musketeers. She was yeah, just wearing like mystifying, generic old timey woman's dress. Like, yeah, it was with no, like the ugliest shawl I have shawl I have ever seen. It in was my pretty, life. Bad. It was pretty it bad. It was so gross. I yeah. at first thought that the back of her dress was rotting, and they just hadn't noticed. Oh. And then she did, did like a full walk back, and I was like, oh, that shawl was like it was supposed to be like decorative because it was like very like wide crochet hole. And like the yeah. shawl, it does nothing. Like that will no. protect you from no elements. It well, she's no a warmth. prostitute. It's supposed to imply that she's holy. Prostitutes need to be warm too. No, they have to have their wares on like display. Especially well, we don't time. actually know she was a prostitute. She was cut purse. That's the only profession we actually hear her No, claim. because at the end, she's like, Oi, Kirk, come back to me place, and I'll show you a good time. Maybe she just My accent, her accent is about as good as what I'm doing right here. <laughs> yeah. She is seriously, come back to my place, darling, and I'll okay, show please you stop time. <laughs> that's veering towards, like, terrible Scottish. Yeah. Thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, she's from somewhere. So I couldn't figure out, I know this is an alien The planet, past. But... Oh, no. Let's Space devote the full Europe. 45 minutes to Let's talk about Yes. I, I, I thought it was sort of a combo of, like, mystifying pseudo-Irish and, like, let's make up some words to make it sound like slang. Because at a certain point, she started developing into nonsense, right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. if it hadn't been for the Irish accent, I wouldn't have minded it so much because it would have sounded more like they'd actually tried to create alien they vocabulary slang. But also, it was only her that was talking with this bizarre-ass yep. accent. Because yeah. everyone else was, like... Straight out of central casting, like I could not crack her. So okay, so we should go back to how they got to space past Ireland. Um, they're coming to a planet because the star is going nova in yeah. three and a half hours. Yeah, okay. So like, I want to take just a few few seconds here to point out that that's not how supernovas work. This isn't a complaint; it's just a note. Star Trek supernovas don't happen like that. And even if they did, the surface of the planet would already be totally uninhabitable. You wouldn't have, like, right up until the star collapsed. I do everything... like how they tied the time down to the minute. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you've got, like, three and a half minutes. But up until so then, noisy. everything's fine. It's like, well, no. It the planet, surface, we don't know that. No, was there, was, there were, like, trees in the sky visible through the portal. That was to a different nope. time. No, when it wasn't active. You could see the outside. And even if it were, the radiation would have killed anyone underground, even underground. Uh, so whatever. Whatever. We don't if know you're ever on a planet whose star is going nova, you have way less than three hours. I'm just saying. Safety so, tip. Really, the only people that we're talking to is the podcast listeners of the future when our sun yes. explodes. Good tip, man. Good tip. Yeah, I don't understand, again, why they leave it to, like, three hours. Well, later, Kirk says, we came as soon as we heard. Like, they, like, what was the plan? They come to this planet, they beam down, there's only the librarian in this weird building. They're 300 years too late. Yeah, they're, they're, they're at least a, de- a century too late. But, like, why come here now? Like, what was the plan? What was the purpose? Were you going to evacuate people? Like, I surely... I don't think they could fit that many people. You could not possibly. it was a huge-ass civilization. Yeah. yeah. 
and like there are swaths of abandoned cities and stuff. It's like, what I were you going to do? They were do? going to mercy kill them. Or take their library to preserve their culture, maybe? That would be a lot easier. That did not look people. like a portable library. It did. Also, 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 these little disky things are for sure CDs. <sighs> yeah. Um, and they presented. Well, I think they're. I think they're. They're verizon discs. Yeah. No, they're definitely. Look, they look like CDs. They were presented. Mm-hmm. Um, they look as thicker a than that. someone. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's funny. Like Star Trek does presume certain technologies oh, yeah. that definitely happen, or were inspired by watching. Ninety percent of the time, they're right. Cell phones, flat screen TVs, compact discs, literally tricorders. IPads. Yeah. Tricorders are a thing that exists now. Yeah, really? they're even called that. Yeah. Apparently, there's a tricorder setting that can determine whether something is real or not. <gasps> I mean, that's does very it have useful. an art history setting? <laughs> Wait, where do you get a tricorder, and what do you use them for? They're used in like the ones that I've read about are used in like biological science. They can like detect pollen counts. They can like test chemicals in the air, stuff like that. Where do you get one? I think you have to be a scientist. I don't think they're consumer. How do I like, become a scientist? Uh, well, that's a, a longer answer than we have time for. It's I more think, of a state of mind. Yeah. Yeah, so they're down on this planet to do Lord knows what. He dubs there would for sure be no power, but that's okay. But there's one guy, one dude, yeah. and it's the librarian. And he mm-hmm. starts by being very helpful because he says one of my favorite things, which is a library serves no purpose unless someone is using it. Aw. But it's and an archive. To but it's an archive, so let's just be frank with that. Mm-hmm. Can I say, great robe. Great robe. Yeah, his, great robe. His outfit was great. It's like a floor-length robe. It's got buttons down the front. Nice high collar. Wide sleeves, enough that he can tuck his hand in and walk mm-hmm. around all monk-like and serene. Also keep his weapons in his sleeve. Yep. He's wearing practical boots. Yep. And it's got a great, uh, it's gray robe, and it's got this great black pattern that's sort of like snaky, geometrical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, liked mm-hmm. it. He looked really great. It was just fancy great. enough, but it was also very sober. Also, can I talk about how much I like the set of the library? I loved this. Yeah. This was I such a really great idea. dug it. And I really loved the concept that we're going to come up on, which is the portal, because yes. they had to do nothing. They yes. just built a doorway. That's genius. I oh, Let's jump right into it, because the rest of this is nonsense. They beam down, he's like, I can help you, and they they're have like, a very fr- where is everyone? Yeah. And they have a very frustrating series of conversations where the away party, which, by the way, is Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, naturally, where they ask the perfectly, they ask perfectly straightforward question that seems to only have one straightforward answer. Where is everyone? Where has everyone gone? The and question he, is... When has everyone yeah. gone? And he totally fails to answer the question because well, he's hearing something different. He he says they went to various places, which yeah. is a correct answer. It's true. And he can't give you the specifics of where anybody yeah. went. Because of pri- privacy, which yeah. is privacy very was. important yeah. to librarians. Also like, what librarians do. But like it sounds like he's being deliberately misleading, but he's oh, not, does. which just makes it more frustrating. I kind of wanted to hit him. Because or as he, Kirk does later, just shake him. Yeah, because he uh, clearly thinks that they're from this planet and they're just late to whatever happened to everybody else. And let's just jump into what they're doing. So they knew that their star sun, sun? their sun. sun was going to explode. Which and they so would like, huh? Okay, what do we do, guys? Let's send everyone back in time to a time of their choice. I actually mm. think it's kind of, like it's both it's a, wild. It's both a stupid solution and a great solution like, because like nobody actually has to leave their home. Like you can just go to the city that you lived in, but like forty years earlier. 
like on the one hand, it's if they don't have space travel, this is a great workaround. Yeah. But on yeah. the other hand, it's completely useless because your species still ultimately dies out. Yeah, but that's fine because they kind of almost go in a loop. Yeah. A constant. Okay, I don't. The time travel mechanics of this are oh. really head up headache making because yeah, inevitably they're going to go back in time, fuck things up well, so that the present that actually happens is not necessarily the same presence that they unless you go to the other stream of time travel yeah which okay is that any time star trek has meant faithfully be. remained for the most part they they keep dimensions totally separate from timelines right they are faithfully within the circular time yes because concept, if someone screws conceit. something up the future like, is different. if you go back in time you go back in time if you fix something in the past it affects your future they've yes. done that star trek has been yes. very consistent about that mm-hmm. um however in this case, they make a big to-do about preparing people, and it sounds very much like they were meant to, and to some extent were altered to make sure that they would um, not change the past, to fit in and yeah. fade away. Yeah. The same yeah. way that Picard instructs people in First Contact. Yeah. But what if these people, like, you'd have to imagine, although we don't know the population of this planet to mm-hmm. start with, is that someone's going to have sex with someone and have a child that shouldn't necessarily be. Statistically, that's very unlikely. That someone's going to have sex? That someone's going to... Well, if you're talking All about, like... them You're will. talking about, like, the grandfather paradox. I am. Yeah. Statistically, apparently, it's so unlikely as to be impossible. But, okay. Part Unless of... you go back to, like, your own family home a hundred years and ago. that's the thing. is like, on the one hand, again, this is ingenious because you're putting... You have the entirety of your timeline, so you're not putting a yeah. giant influx yeah. of your entire yeah. population into one timeline. So you can spread everybody out. Um, I forgot what my, the rest of my point was. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I'll keep going. But on the other hand, you are, the timeline is definitely going to change, no matter how careful someone is. Yeah, but no matter what you do, the star's still going to go Nova. I know. It's so interesting because even in their time, history's going to chug along exactly to this point. And and then then all the one people there are going to go back in time. And we have to assume that no one in any of those altered pasts invents time travel because, or uh, space travel. has to. Well, no, not space travel. No, not space Sorry, travel. Sorry, I meant space travel. But, like, because when Kirk and co. come back, everything is still the same. Yeah. The library is still empty. The planet is still abandoned. So I wonder if someone's sent back in time invented time travel. It's entirely possible. Because, yeah. okay, there's two things that we know that we learn from the two people that we meet who are from this planet mm-hmm. who have gone back in time. The magistrate guy, the prosecutor. Yep. Is he face McGee? Yeah. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Like he is doing everything he can to fit in and make sure things mm-hmm. don't change. Like he's really afraid of being accused as a witch. Like mm-hmm. yes. just because he knows that witches don't exist and he knows about this doesn't witch. mean he's gonna disrupt the social order. No. He's and I, either that's a function of whatever like social conditioning he was given before he was sent back or, or whatever they do. To whatever the people. rules they have. But I yeah. also thought that he was part of the people who'd been banished. It's very possible. Because I don't know that he was like because mm, they've clearly been using this as some kind of political very, tool or prison. Yeah, and that they're very blasé about the time travel. That was my other point about this, is what we learned from Zarabeth, is that this technology has existed for a while and it has been used in different ways other than a rescue for the civilization. Yeah. That's not what it was intended for. Yeah. Yeah. So like this, this has is, been around for ages. This is really yeah. interesting. Like, I'm interested in this planet's history and culture, like, in a way that I am not, am not often in original Trek because they don't put that much effort into it. Well, it's such an interesting conceit. I read a, um, there's a Robert Silver, I can't remember the title of it, but there's a Robert Silverberg novel like this where people are sent back in time to, like, pre-human Earth, mm-hmm. living in, like, the dinosaur age, to live in prison 
and they're sent back there and then you just go and there's like a civilization that's been set up of these people who have all been banished from various points of time and like yeah. you don't get to come back you're just there there's also um, it was great it was a television series it was, pr- it was not primeval not primeval um they went back and there were dinosaurs it was a fox show and it was and the same kind of thing. It was a colonization that... story, but it was like, yeah, well, what the fuck is the point of this? Because it's like, oh, well, Earth is overpopulated, let's send people. And I was excited the first time the trailer comes out. It's like, oh, to space? No. No. To, to dinosaur time. What is the purpose of well, this? Well, to fight dinosaurs, Ari. I don't understand where the problem is. Well, it's it's an ultimately self-defeating, like, escape clause. It's like, well, great, you've rescued these people, but your species is gone. So it's still extinction. I... I would argue not, because I think it's quite beautiful that the cycle of it continues, and you could know that you were part of an everlasting chain that will go on Mm -hmm. forever and ever and ever. Except if you alter something enough far back, then you can't overwrite what comes ahead, because that's how Star Trek treats time travel. But we are, I think, supposed to be under the impression that these people would blend seamlessly in and not fight. Yeah, because I, yeah. I mean, to me, the idea was that rather than this entire civilization just sort of dying, dying a painful death and everybody having their lives cut short, everybody who is on this planet, when their world and civilization is going to end, is given the opportunity to live out the rest of their natural life. Exactly. And so, then and, cease to exist. Well, but there is still within their civilization, within their worlds. Yeah. And like, like, yes, they're, they're ceasing to exist, but it's still, there's something like really nice about the fact that they're able to live out like a natural life. Yeah. Well, it's kind with of like the, with their families, but it's, it's kind of like on par with putting someone who has a terminal illness that is definitely going to kill them into VR. It's like, you're definitely going to die and there's nothing anyone can do and you will not go on past this, but at least your final experiences will be pleasant. And what's wrong that's, with that? That's well, not, there's nothing wrong. Good. I'm just saying they haven't saved their people. They have. Like, they haven't saved their civilization because their civilization has no, ended. No, their civilization is continually in a loop. But it's a closed loop separate that's from the rest fine. of the universe. It doesn't it's really fine. have the same. Nah. It, it will continue in that loop. They are extinct. <laughs> so mean. Well, they're, they're gone from the universe. I think that qualifies as extinction. That's all right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Travel advisory. Oh, this is where I was talking about, yeah, you wouldn't be able to walk around the planet three hours from a supernova. Um, there are, like, what? How many Mr. Atos did we have? At, like, what, four, three no, there's in total? Three. I think there's three there's total. Three. There's three two, total. two fakes and a real one. There's yeah. one who's, like, a Walmart greeter. There's the other <laughs> one who is supposed to be some kind of... He's shelving. Shelver of the discs. And then there's the actual reference librarian at the big desk, mm-hmm. yeah. who is an asshole. Yeah, just a straight up asshole. So he keeps saying, "Where do you want to go? When do you want to go?" And giving them stuff to look at. Yeah, and like, oh, by the way, you can't touch this big button. Oh, but they touch the button. They touch the button. Well, actually, they don't yet. Not no, until but later. they will. Um, but while Kirk is looking at the tapes, because they're, they're still trying to figure out what the hell he's talking about and where everyone went, um, he hears a scream. Yes, and because he's an idiot, he hears. So much. It, like, if one could say that it was an Irish scream, it was. <laughs> and immediately without thinking, he jumps through this, um, I don't know, like, doorway? Yeah. yeah. Uh, into the Three Musketeers. The Three Musketeers crossed with A Tale of Two Cities. He gets a lovely purple glow, though, when he goes through the... Yeah. the I really like this effect. Yeah, yeah I like I it, too. I think that there were some really neat special effects that they did going in and out of the doorways that I yeah, really yeah. enjoyed. So he just, like, barrels through, and the librarian is like, oh, no! Well, he yells, I have to prepare you, which actually turns out to be an important plot point later. It's true. So there's two machines. There's, like, the portal... 
And then there was a, what was it called? An Atavacron? The Atavacron. Yeah, Atavacron. Did we ever learn what the Atavacron was named for? I could nope. not figure it out. Nope. Like, across time and vines. Cron is usually used for Kron time. Cron is time, but yeah. Atava? Atava. Atava. Uh, atavism. What does that mean? Atavism is the tendency to revert to ancestral type in biology, and atavism mm. is an evolutionary throwback. Oh. Such as traits reappearing which had disappeared generations before. That's Bravo, librarian. Bravo. That's pretty great. Bravo, Bravo. to the librarian and her dictionary yep. slash thesaurus. That's, yeah. That's a great that's name. That's pretty great. Yeah. 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 So he's in the middle of the three musketeers, and they are like full musketeers. They're yeah. The musketeers like, were a shocking sight. They're yeah. wearing like big hats with feathers and they've got like what are like the puffy pants and, and the stupid hose. little flappy There's a lot things. of puff everywhere. There's a lot so of puff, a lot of pop. Yeah. So many feathers. Stripes. The, all their tunics are striped. Yeah. They look They're um, wearing like long French swords. Like it was very French. It was for sure out of the Disney The Three Musketeers the one with Chris O'Donnell and Keeper Sutherland. Oh yeah. Like, absolutely. The ultimate. Oh my god. Oh. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it would have been better if uh, young William Shatner had kind of popped onto the scene and been like, hey, and then got into a sword I fight. I really want to see the um, the Orlando Bloom version that apparently has air blimps. Oh, yes, it does. It's a great film. It's yeah. great, but it's not as good as the I've never, I don't think I've watched one. any of these. The only, the only Three Musketeers related thing I think I've ever watched is The Man in the Iron Mask. Oh, interesting choice. And that's got twice the Leonardo DiCaprio, which is probably yeah. why I watched it. It's not in the same spirit, though. No. Okay. Not so I was all. really just writing fops when we were referring to the guys that's with fair. the swords. I think they're actually credited as fops. Excellent. So, mm-hmm. well um, eyeballed there. They are harassing, I guess not a prostitute, but... Definitely a cut purse. A lady if of questionable morals. Among other things. For sure a cut purse because they've accused her of... Okay. Well, Kirk doesn't know this. He straight up, like, attacks them. Well, because she's a damsel in distress. She's a damsel in distress. Doesn't matter. Let's talk about her wig. Like, it's red. It's, it's very red. so... And it's, like, was it hovering. Or just really bad hair. I don't know. I thought it was bad hairdo. I thought it, it was, it was like hovering hair. two inches above her actual scalp, <laughs> and so I, I couldn't figure. And it's such an unnatural color to go with her tiny pinched face. It looked it looked just like dyed hair to me. I'm very okay. First off, I'm very bad at spotting wigs. Okay, but I thought it was natural hair that had just been dyed. So yeah. on that, the prosecutor priest guy, wig or no wig? Oh, for sure, wig. Wig any wig. That's why the hat was so. <laughs> that man has a tragical face. He's like it. I don't know, like a Muppet that's head is in a shape of a triangle. And <laughs> so it's like was, the juiciest lips. I actually quite enjoyed the beginning of this fight where Kirk's trying to like not get into a fight for like three seconds before his inability to, yeah. you know, make good decisions kicks in. But then he has a where sword. Where they're like, how dare you, peasant? He's like, I'm a free man, sir. Because oh God. what kind of pre-revolutionary French the, musketeer fantasy did young James Kirk have? The only thing I think I really learned from this is that Kirk is actually a huge fan of historical fiction. Oh, yeah, So true, for because sure. Because when he's in the, um, when he's in the library looking at the Tabatron or the Tabacron, mm-hmm. um, they get these little discs and they can look into different worlds, and he looks into a Wild okay. West scene, yeah. showing that this planet has exactly the same chronology as Earth, yeah. because of course... His face. His face. And it goes between his face and then back to the Wild West yeah. and then back to his face. And he's making the goofiest expression. He looks charmed. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah he is very excited to be in a Dumas novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately gets into a sword fight. Uh, they run away because he's very manly. Oh, right? yeah. 
This sword fight, not as good as shirtless George Takei leaping about the ship. What is? Well, but here's the thing. What is, Kim? Shatner then spanks the fops with the sword (laughs) as they are running away, which, style points for that. Yeah. So, uh, she clings to his arm, invites him back to her place, but then Kirk starts hearing voices through the wall. Because... This is why we should not give our friends the nickname Bones. Yeah, because, of course, Bones <gasps> and Spock ran through after him. Do you think that Bones in the Kathy Reichs novels and also the television show is named after Dr. McCoy? Because he's also gruff and has no bedside manner? Very possibly. She also works with literal Bones for a living. Yeah, but this is a much cooler hypothesis. I prefer it. So, Spock and Bones have ended up in a frozen wasteland of death. Which I don't really understand, like, because they went through right after Kirk. Why didn't they end up in the same place as Kirk? Did somebody take the time to load a new CD in Well, Bones was looking at Bones was definitely looking at the frozen wasteland. So I guess it knows who was looking at what, and they just went through at the same time? We don't know the way the Atavacron works. But it seems like, yeah, it's connected to the discs that were being viewed, so I don't know. They both jump into it, into essentially my hometown in (laughs) April. (laughs) And are total wimps about it. Deep Arctic. Yes. It's the literal Ice Age. It totally is. So it's very, very cold, and suddenly... Um, What I like, while they're having this conversation between times... Sure. Because uh, they're hearing Kirk through a cliff, and Kirk's hearing them through a brick wall, Uh um, is that Spock immediately intuits, oh, we've been sent back into different times in the planet's past. There has, by the way, not actually been anything to necessarily indicate this, but I'm going to give it to him because otherwise we'd be here forever. Ah, uh, de- yeah. The detail that I like from here is that Spock and Bones immediately are like, hey, look, rocks, let's make some heat. Yes. And the phasers don't yeah. work. Which Why? Means because you can't use technology. That's the only thing I they use the, the tricorder. I oh, fuck. No, 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 I no, no. Have, just make I have sense. a better explanation. No. They sent, they, they just disabled weapons because she was there as a political dissident. Wait, when did they use the tricorder? When they use the Bones tricorder when Bones is sick. He uses the um, tricorder on him. Yeah. I figured it was key to specifically disable weapons. Sure. I mean, it's as good as anything, really. Yeah, um, yeah so they figure, oh, we're in the planet's past, different times of the past. The super cold past. The super and at that cold, point, an eight-foot-tall fur jacket walks up to them, yep. kind of takes a look, and goes, ugh. And then walks out. Mm-hmm. And McCoy, because he is a puny human, is... Like, just wimping out in the cold. There's a lot of cutting back and forth here, um, to the point where I stop making scene markers, because they're happening, like, every minute and a half We're just gonna naturally flow through this, because I have no notes. Uh, Kirk, in the meantime, has been dragged off to jail as a witch, because the girl he rescued is screaming, Witch! Witch! Because she heard him talking to people, and apparently she doesn't understand that you can hear things through walls occasionally. No. I love her. (laughs) I love the Witch! I love that she wasn't, like, 20 years old. No, she was This old. might be the oldest female character we have seen who wasn't somebody's mom. Or a salt monster. She or wasn't, like... She was, like, firmly in middle age. Yeah. And, like, yeah. smoker middle age. Yeah. She looked like she'd seen shit. She yeah. looked like, like, whenever she talked, you could see, like, the lines around her mouth, which she's like, oh, you smoke, like, six packs a day. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah, I love her so much because she just kind of drapes herself on the bars of her jail and just keeps going... Which he was talking to someone behind a wall. I also through a window or a love, doorway. I love it so much because a man is accused of being a witch by a woman. Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed that. 
I did. Like, I really I like her ingenuity. Like she completely drags all of the attention yeah. off of herself yeah. and onto yeah. Kirk. Yeah. I do Loved want it. to know that while the Ballbones and Spock are like staggering through the cold, shouldn't like Vulcan's really, really a hot planet. Shouldn't like Spock have been feeling the cold more? Well, that's why he turns into an ancient dick bag very fast. Sure. I assume, and, sure. he, and he does look like a Spocksicle for quite a while. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So yeah, they go back into like she this leads cave into her paradise. badass cave set. I loved this set; it was Great amazing. Okay, they are covered in icing sugar. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're, like, frosted. They are yeah. dusted yeah. in it. It's like, really great. Leonard Nimoy has got, like, frost on yeah. his eyebrows and, like, yeah. all up his ears, which frosted. I thought was, like, so like and they get yeah. frostier. The, like, He's got frosted tips. tips. Yeah. Frosted tips. Yeah. Also, it's definitely uh, icing sugar. <laughs> like, for sure. Well, on, on, on their hair, yeah, I don't know what they did to Spock's face and ears. That wasn't sugar. That was, like, icing sugar. Well, it was darker than his normal skin. That's not how I think. He works. had like he was shellacked with makeup in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like shellacked. Yeah. yeah, I felt terrible for him because every time, like, and I was watching this on my phone for God's sakes, and even I was like, "Oh boy, he is like yellow." There I were... assume that the the blasting winds and icing sugar snow were affecting his normal makeup. So I don't have so. This was it. this was after they took off the ice and it was just his face but it was like a good half an inch of makeup on his face there was a point where you could see that it looked like he had a hole in his cheek and it was because the makeup there was like a dent in the makeup or something it was weird they were also both sweating like crazy yeah okay mccoy was like dripping sweat this entire time well maybe that's why like maybe i had to put (laughs) I don't like know, stage man. makeup on him because his face, his, his makeup was a totally different color in this episode than normally was. Yes, mm-hmm. like yes. noticeably so. Yeah. And I know that if there were some efforts at some point to kind of change his skin tone a little bit to make well, it seem more alien. He was always like very, very mildly greenish. He was like yellow. Yeah, in this. you can't always see it. And in this, yeah, his color was totally different. It was quite. The awful. lighting was kind of weird inside the cave anyway. But like, yeah. I think maybe it was just a really hot set. Because and they were all wearing Bones giant furs. Sweating yeah. like crazy. Yeah. She's in Okay, yeah. Let's go to her. So her name is Zara Bath. Yeah. And she takes off her seven foot tall fur jacket to reveal Kim, I'm gonna let you take this. Okay, first off, if you live in the Arctic, yes. this is the least practical cave. Like, I know she's a cave woman, but this is, like, the least practical outfit you should ever wear. Don't just wear this, and then furs, you will die. Well, you don't see a lot of Inuit people wearing <laughs> bikinis. It is a piece of skin, animal skin, like leather. Yeah. Uh, the top is sort of across one shoulder, covering her boobs, and then it attaches to a skirt that is barely a skirt. It is a loincloth. It is a, essentially a loincloth that comes down and covers her junk. There's two nice slits up her thighs so you can actually see her hip bones. Oof. It covers her, barely covers her butt. Yeah. And then there is no back and the top is held on by four or five pieces of string which meet in a bow at the back. It is the most impractical outfit for wearing in the Arctic that I have ever seen in my life. Plus, she is wearing, like, knee-high, gray, furry yes. boots that would yes. not be out of place today. Her outfit. I, I didn't mind the leather romper, honestly. Oh! What? I didn't what? because I could think of reasons why it would look so stupid. Like, maybe she's really bad at tanning leather. 
if she had to have oh, a garment Ari, that, that were under the... That is not the issue. Well, he didn't... He clearly didn't send clothes with her. Well, she, she would have had, had one clothes. piece of clothes. He didn't send her through naked. Well, okay, like... Apparently not. Spock no. walks in and puts bones in a bed and then picks up a giant hunk of animal fur. A Chronicle of Narnia-sized so, winter yes. jacket. Like, she could just, like, tie that around her waist to make a nice fur skirt. Like, well, the easier. outfit was stupid. It was very stupid. And I felt terrible for this actress... Maybe okay, that's why the set was so hot. I assume it was yeah. because she must she, she otherwise she would froze her ass she off. Was barely she, it was essentially it's essentially like a little piece of fabric that they've just attached strings to and tied it so that it will stay on her body yeah. and cover her boobs and her belly button. Yeah, the part that was the most scandalous to me was how hot how high she had the two slits over her thighs that made yeah, the loincloth. How yeah. high those went up. It looked like a loincloth. Like, a, it is an actual cut loincloth in the front and then just kind of, like, side flaps. Yeah. For posterity. Yeah. <laughs> for the posterior. Um, but here's the deal. She is simultaneously objectified this entire episode, and I feel terrible because she does a lot of, like, sexy lounging and sexy staring but I really liked the yeah. character. Oh my god. Sarah Beth is amazing. I loved her. I found her one of the best written... I hate myself for saying this. One of the best written character women characters yeah. that we've seen on this show. Yeah. yeah. For sure, hands she was down. amazing. I liked how curious she was. I liked how guarded she was. I loved her backstory. So she's a political prisoner of Zortas the Zorkan. Magnificent. Um, who was obviously of a family of some influence who tried a coup that failed so he sent her back in time with some weapons and enough to survive because he couldn't be seen as like dirtying his hands by killing her but he is essentially sentencing her to something that's almost worse than death she's by herself but she is resilient she is a survivor she has kept her sanity and she still has a bit of empathy for people yeah Mm -hmm. and she she is very smart. She immediately is like, oh, you're aliens. Yeah, and yeah. when she, like, allows her, like, guard to come down and she gets vulnerable with Spock, too, is so good. Yeah. I really kind of dug their relationship up until the point where he became crazy. Yeah. yeah. Up like, until he turned he takes into, a like, turn. monster Spock. Yes. Yeah. But I, yeah. like, it was good. Yeah. I really liked her. I felt like sometimes the actress didn't have enough to do, but she carried it off so well that yeah. I didn't mind. She was, okay, first off, the actress is gorgeous. Mariette Hartley. She's got this Great beautiful hair. sort of like ashy blonde hair. Like it was too beautifully coiffed for her Arctic. Yes. It did for like the Arctic. I disagree but... with you on the hair color, but her hair looked great. What do you mean you disagree I with the hair color? she was strawberry blonde. Yeah. It's blonde. It's ashy blonde, yeah. No, ashy blonde is like very grayish almost the biggest thing to worry about with her though she was like she was a ginger in my head which i'm not gonna lie affects my opinion of her character (laughs) anyway carry on i don't Um, even remember what i was saying so quaffed she was very quaffed yeah her hair was too quaffed but like she was like stately she felt like she had like authority and grace but it was like in a gentle like, oh, I'm sorry. I just loved her so much. I thought she was great. I thought the actress did a good job with it. I felt like the show was trying really hard to sexually objectify her, and it just didn't stick. No, yeah. because she was doing too good a job of playing a character. When, she seemed smart yeah. all the time. They took the camera off of a full body shot. Yeah, forgot what she was wearing. Oh yeah, yeah. And because she wasn't acting like she was half naked. No, she was acting like she was just wearing clothes. Yeah, I. Which, she did a hell of a job because there's a couple of shots there where. There's a lot of close-up, like, of neck up of her smiling. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which in any other and way would be cloying because it's a glamour shot, right? Yeah. Of how beautiful is she? And it lingers for a really long time. But they don't do the soft lighting thing on her either. They've actually not done a lot of soft yeah. lighting. No, like not, last not this season. season. Yeah. It's huh. kind of gone. I kind of miss the soft lighting. Me but too. I think that's why the, the weird leather romper didn't bother me so much is because she was so self-possessed. She seemed very capable and, you know, she is a survivor who's been on her own for a while and didn't seem... And this is going to be real mean to me. Hysterical at any point. Yep. Except, There's the point where she breaks down and is like, shit, are you real or am, am I losing I my mind? Yeah. And Spock shows signs of Mantra Spock where he like grabs her hands like, you're real, I'm real. And yeah, it gets I'm real soapy. Firmly, yeah. I'm firmly convinced that I exist. It gets I like super that. soapy. Yeah. Because he like stares in her eyes. Meanwhile, Kirk is caught in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, except there's no dog to bring him the key. There is no, there's only some guy with a tragic wig. Right, so the, guys, moment of silence for that wig. So bad. So this guy I think was officially called the prosecutor, but I was just writing him the judge. Doesn't matter. Uh, bad wig man. Long white wig, like judgy oh type hat. he looked... It's like shoulder length straw coming out from yeah. under like yeah. a pillbox yeah. hat. And he sort of comes in and sits down next to Kirk. And there's, a, there's, like, an exchange of lines that I really liked just for, like, a couple of seconds. It's like, so where are you from? Oh, far away. It's an island. What is this island? It's called Earth. And I got really excited and went into a research spiral, but it, doesn't, wasn't re- it wasn't referencing what I thought it was, which was uh, a movie called This Island Earth, which is on the original Mystery Science Theater 3000. <gasps> and you would love, I think, and maybe you. Um, but they were not because even though that was in 1955, there are apparently no direct correlations between them. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. My mind went to Carl Sagan, but of course that's impossible because that reference is from like 1994. How do we know that Carl Sagan wasn't a time traveler? Have we any I, you evidence know what? to the contrary? I refuse to discount that it's a possibility, but the speech that made me think of didn't happen until 1994, so it's probably not that. So you're saying Carl Sagan is not a time traveler? Well, maybe not in this instance. How disappointing. Right? I, he certainly could be a time traveler. I mean, he had to have reason to tell Voyager to look back at anyway. Uh, yeah, so Kirk explains himself. He's like, no, I wasn't, like, attacking them. I thought she was being attacked. And sure. I'm noble, so whatever. And the judge is like, she's still in the background screaming, Witch! Yeah, uh, he says, I was just reading in the library and I heard a scream. And the judge guy is like, oh shit, like all shifty all of a sudden. Yeah, the library. There were some weird cuts here. There were. Yeah. It was awkward. His, okay, I don't want to go into this man's physique and critique his particular physique, but with that wig and those juicy lips, I wanted to kill him. (laughs) There is something about his face and the way he was acting, because he does a lot of like, Big eyes, open mouth, like, the library? Which I just wanted to kill him. There was a very Peter Pettigrew energy about him. Yeah, Also, since he was a craven coward. Well, I don't know how he got there. Which is kind of... I don't know. He bore all the marks of a privileged person desperate to protect his privilege. But also, like, if you had to choose your time of where to go to live, why would you choose this shitty period in history? Ari's allowed to do headcanon, so here's mine. He picked this time period because he thought he knew it from, like, he's a history buff or whatever. He really enjoyed the Three Musketeers. Yeah, he thought it might be fun. He gets here and realizes, oh no, you can get accused of being a witch and hucked in jail for any small thing. It's really fucking shitty. I don't want that to happen to me. Because I'm supposed to be living out the rest of my life in some sort of relative comfort. Yeah. 
And that's what's Fair. happened to him. And that that's what his reaction reminded me of when I'm thinking about stuff like Outlander and things. Oh, yeah. But the weird kind of catch that we have for this is that... Yes, he informs Kirk. Yeah, Zarabeth and the prosecutor both say, well... Like, again, there's a, re- there's a lot of ticking clocks going on here. Zarabeth tells Spock that, well, once you, once you go, go through, through the portal, there's no going back. Okay, they change your physiometry yeah. and your body chemistry so that you can survive in the past. I'm like, guys, it's like three, five, a thousand years old. It's not really that different. No. Other than we, we are tall and have our teeth. There actually was some, like, like mental changes involved in whatever the preparation was so that they could fit in better I or not guess? mess up the past. I don't know. Cause otherwise why bother? I mean, cause it seems like what they were implying is that they went through some kind of biochemical change so yeah. that they were able to survive in the past, but like, which is bullshit, especially unless it's something specific to the Atavacron, but they've definitely done time travel in both directions in Star Trek and everyone's been well, no, there's something specific because remember, yeah. okay, remember when the old guy put Kirk on a trolley and just kind of shoved him towards yeah. the door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could watch that forever. But I assume that he's, he did a preparation on him, like preparation H, in order yeah. to go through and stick in that time. Yeah. But that's crazy. But the other thing is, is that he also tells him, well, if you're only here for a couple of hours, if you get yourself back, you'll be fine. Otherwise, you'll die. Yeah, because Kirk's like, he didn't do anything. Yeah, it's unclear. But they then never... also Spock would have died if he'd stayed there? Yeah, which is what, okay, which is what you see is that Spock and McCoy and them all of their horrible sweating and oh, the yeah. anger so issues sweating. that crop up because are a result of them not having had the preparation. Yeah. And it may, okay... Again, head cannoning here or whatever. Spock okay. says that they've gone back six thousand years. Yeah, maybe Kirk's only gone back five hundred or seven hundred. He's not as far back in time. Like if you buy into the whole like you have to change your body chemistry to go back, it would explain. I don't. I think that's I what it's supposed to be, though. I, yeah. I understand you, but I would also argue that Spock doesn't so much like go crazy. Is that he is going back to his ancestral form. At that time. But, like, wouldn't that be something that would only happen if you were prepared? I don't Like, if know. that's... The way that Zarabeth explains it is that it makes you more like what you would, like... Be back then? Yeah. So Does she? Basically, no, yeah. No, you made that up in she, her No, mouth. she changes... She says that it changes you so that you you fit in better, basically, to paraphrase. It's like, that sounds to me like that would make what happened to Spock happen, but if he didn't get prepared, then why? And also... It doesn't make sense to have... to McCoy. No. It doesn't make sense to have restrictions in both directions. I think it was happening to McCoy, just not as severely, because humans from 6,000 years ago probably weren't as different as Vulcans are supposed to be. No, he was regular old McCoy, just angry. And he, he, to... was, di- he was, he was like, meaner. A lot meaner. But the other thing is, evolution doesn't work that fast. Like, 5,000 no. years is not... Is nothing. Like, 5,000 years ago, Vulcan culturally was different, and, like, psychologically, because they discovered philosophy that not, changed it's them. But it's not that but they're not, physically no, different. No, they're physically probably identical, because, because that's... Culturally, they yeah. made the change. Yeah. yeah, and changed the way that they thought about things, the way they raised their kids, because and all that stuff. But you're not, not physically forced no. to eat meat. No, 5,000 years... Culturally, it became a thing that it was yeah. taboo to eat meat. 5,000 years does not change your entire... the way your brain works. So it doesn't make... A lot of sense. Like, the way they've set it up, it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, I was willing to just 
roll with it as a story element. I'm yeah, like, sure. okay, that's fine. I just wish they picked one and stuck with it because well, they contradict It's all okay much. because Spock turns into a raging yeah, yeah. asshole it's yeah. and really I important. dig it. But like, the, it. The past is bad for This you. is the same thing, though, that we see all the time in original series is that they get an idea and they don't flesh it out or put any thought into it. They just no. toss it at the wall. Fact check their own made-up stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, he, he like, roughs up McCoy a little bit because... Yeah, because McCoy's like, Ooh. um... You just accept her word that Which is we fair. can't go back. That's a fair question. It's like you, we've known her for like an hour. That's but, true. And yeah. also, you want to have se- he. I, I get what you're saying, Kim. Yeah. Is that I think the McCoy's also affected because he's like, you want to make out with her and stay with her, don't you? Yeah. This is all about the girl. There's How could lot. you abandon Kirk? There's you're so many, really your real true girlfriend. No. Okay. He, there's so many great moments in in the Kirk and the Spock McCoy bit here. Where, where Bones sort of appears in a doorway looming like he's the wife who just came home to find his spouse in bed with like yeah. someone else. It's like, this is not just how could you leave Kirk. This is how could you kiss her instead of me. It's very, Spock, how could, could you? you? There's a lot of that. Because, yeah. yeah, McCoy is is cruel to Spock. He is. Oh yeah, he definitely he's is. He's like, yeah, he's over the top, like, mean yeah. here. Um, and he's also mean to Zarabeth. Like, when he comes in screaming about, like... Yeah. Later, it was later on that he's like screaming about, you know, she lied to us. She's trying to keep us here intentionally. And like, yeah. That's like not just him being a jerk. That's him being affected by the oh, yeah. back in time juice. I also love how bitchy Spock gets when he comes yeah. in on a like a rager of she lied and he's like, we're not going back. Do I need to explain that to you again? We are stuck here. Here. Yeah. Do I need to do an interpretive dance for you? Okay, let me get my mime hands on. Yeah. Like, he is a bitch. <laughs> there is one really sort of pleasant scene before Spock starts to go totally nuts where all three of them are sort of sitting around eating, I don't know, mammoth Gross nuggets. Where uh, Zarabeth is deliberately facilitating like a three-way flirting thing. That's very weird. was weird, but I kind of enjoyed. Like, I'd, I'd read this AU... I felt so shitty for yeah. him. Because at the end, like, after all this nonsense, and McCoy has to have a stern talking to him, like... Quit her! You need to quit her and go back to your wife. Which is... Kirk. With me. And McCoy... McCoy is just... If we're gonna go hysterical, which is, again, another reason why I super like this episode, the men are hysterical. Yeah, and she's just standing there like... What the hysterical and you? emotional, and they yep. can't keep a hold on themselves, and all nope. the women are like, okay, or... Witch. Yeah. Um, which there I is, love. <laughs> I do, however, because Bones at one point, like, he's like, okay, clearly we're not okay. And he deliberately goads Spock to, like, get him to. It's kind of like the scene in the first Star Trek movie. Which where I Kirk does the for. same thing to, like, get Spock to flip out to prove to him oh. that he's not in his right mind. Okay, yeah. It's basically Bones deliberately needles him so that he'll, like, grab him by the throat and be like, yeah, I can see how you're being perfectly rational. Yeah, that was a good moment. It was and great. On, actually, McCoy kind of keeps himself together in that moment. He's like, is this you? Is this the real you? Search in your heart. And yeah. Spock is like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Meanwhile, not me. the judge dude takes Kirk back to where the portal is and he gets back. Well, no, 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 we have missed Kirk escaping from his cell. Yes, prison uh, break. Prison yeah. break. This, prison happens, break. <laughs> this happens at some point in between all of the yeah, Spock yeah. and There's a lot of intercutting. Yeah. But... 
a guy, a guard comes in, the woman, <laughs> the, gets, boy. the woman gets to go free, and then a guy comes in to feed Spo- uh, Kirk a cup of soup. And Kirk has his cup, and the man has a dipper full of soup, mm-hmm. and Kirk outwits him by moving the cup out of the way! I actually really <laughs> <Yeah>. enjoyed this. <laughs> it's such a douchey, very effective method. It really is, because he kind of, like, zigs and zags with the cup, and the mm-hmm. guy's like, and he gets closer, and then Kirk does some kind of arm Kirk foo mm-hmm. and then grabs the keys and unlocks himself and then knocks the guy out and then waits for the priest to show up to have a tete-a-tete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At which point the priest is like, well, I know you're from the future. Because he goes, why would anyone choose this shitty time? Right? Like, let's have a talk about that. But, so Kirk runs. They are doing a little escape plan together. Yep. They find the wall. They know that the portal is there because his hand goes through it. Yeah. Um, lovely little bit of special effects here that I really yeah. enjoyed. My question is, so the priest guy is like, go, go, while you still can, I'll try and explain, and he runs off. Kirk doesn't immediately go through the portal. He stops, swoons for a moment, and then watches that man run away. I'm gonna say, I'm really glad that we got to watch that small man scurry away, because that was a great shot of this guy in his robe and his long hair and his hat, just like booking it down the street as fast as he can. It was a very funny shot. So yeah, Kirk escapes, and I love the little bit with like the invisible wall, I thought that was really neat. He goes back (laughs) then to beat the shit out of an old man. (laughs) Yeah. Which <laughs> I so much enjoy. Where he calls up to the Enterprise and Scotty's like, oh, thank fuck, let's go. And Kirk's like, no, no, no. We have to wait. It's been, th- it's like three minutes before a star explodes. No, 17 no, no. minutes, specifically ticking oh, clocks. Sakes. Um, and yeah. then an old man tries to beat Kirk up and almost wins. Yeah, Kirk's <laughs> like, look, we're not from your fucking planet. I need to find my friends so we can get out of here before your stupid star explodes. Atos is like, uh, fuck all of this. And like, <laughs> pulls no, a gun out. Pulls a gun. It's, okay. Okay, okay, like okay. A taser. He does all of that. First, he does Atos 1, where he grapples with him, throws him in a closet, <laughs> and locks the door yep. on this old man. The second one, he, like, ninja chops to the neck, and he uh-huh. falls. This is an old, frail man. And he ninja chops him and lets him fall on the floor like no one's business. And then he goes for the real deal. And real deal is like, I'm old, so I'm just going to taser you. <laughs> That's very sensible. I don't need to listen to anything you said because you just killed two of me. So, no questions. Shoot first. Yeah. And when Kirk comes to, guys, he's on a trolley. I know! (laughs) He's on a trolley that has been pushed by this frail little old man staring death in the face who gave him a good push and Kirk goes, wee towards the door where he will be trapped in a time frame. But, of course, he rolls off the trolley. I love this. He nopes right off that trolley. That librarian trying to push him through the portal on a trolley. I would have liked it better so good. if it had, had two shelves on it and Kirk was just sort of curled up in the yeah, bottom yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like if it had looked though. more like a book trolley. Because it, he kind of comes to you and then just does a no and just a beautiful little roll. It looked like one of the freight trolleys that I used when I work in shipping receiving. Yeah, it's very much that. Yeah. yeah. So, then he goes back to beat the old man. Home. And like make him find the disc that Bones Yeah, he at. shakes him. Mm-hmm. He shakes this old man. Well, I mean, there's a sense of mounting urgency in the form of a star exploding above their head, so I kind of Um So Bones, uh, I think this is where he does the thing where he like tricks him into losing his mind. This is the part where Bones is really mean to Zarabeth with absolutely no evidence, because he just walks in and he's like, 
she's lying. Liar. We can't go Liar. Out. And I'm just like, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, well I mean, turns how out he was right. I he mean, yes, right. he's right, but we only know he's right because we've just seen Kirk actually get an explanation from somebody it's who true. knows what's going on. He gives like a horrible speech about she's a woman. She's oh, been on this planet all I by herself. I thought that until he finished the line. I don't actually think that was It was a weird-ass pause. Oh, no, when he was, was like, she's a woman who's all alone. I think it was well, more about she's yeah, a the woman. Alone. I didn't think pause, the pause, emphasis. Pause, 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 And she's all alone. There really wasn't that much of a pause. No, I think the, the emphasis in that was on she's a woman, and the accusation yeah. would not have come up if it had been a man. I don't. Well, that she's all alone with, and doesn't want them to leave, and so well, she lies she also wants sex and men. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a woman she can't deal with being by herself and having isolation no. she has she feelings. has no one to take care of yeah. all there by herself mm-hmm. anyways he lobs a whole bunch of accusations which unfortunately proved to be correct well not actually not because she's like I don't know yeah well yeah but she straight up said this is the case well that's... she knows it's the case for her like, well she, she will because she knows that's how the machine thing works like you get your DNA adjusted to yeah, whatever time you get period sprayed. you go through the portal yeah you can't come back if these guys came through, what evidence does she have to any kind of contrary that they can't go back? As far as she knows, that's what's happened because that's how it works. Well, no one actually brings up the whole preparation thing until Bones has already accused her of lying. I, so there's I, a lot yeah. of little holes in this one where we don't know what everybody knows and that's really no. irritating. Well, I don't I don't know whether she was trying to deceive them or I not. I don't think she I think was. she was just so excited to have people to talk to. It didn't really... She was like, oh, no, no, definitely you can't go back. I don't think she was trying to deceive them because like no. she explained it to them as she knows how it works. So why would she go into like? Well, I think she just assumed they had been prepared because everybody exactly because that's yeah. how yeah. it works. Like you don't start explaining to somebody if you're trying to explain how something works, you tell them how it works. You don't immediately start talking about well, there's all these tiny little exceptions yeah. and that maybe like the faintest possibility that this didn't happen and it's completely unlikely. But like no, you don't do no, that. No one yeah. on no one in the ice age brings up the whole preparation thing. Yeah. Or Bones, specifies. It's Bones like, leaps to the conclusion, like, the, it's a wild accusation. It's a crazy accusation. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, and it's only true because the story needs it to be true. Yeah, yeah. There's a few things that people just suddenly know that they have no way of knowing. But I think, I think we are supposed to believe her when she honestly says, I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. If it would kill you. I know that it would kill me. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. So I think that that's fair. But they're going to do a wild goose chase anyways um, for no reason at all because they go out in the wilderness. Yeah. Bones um, grabs a fur and runs out into the storm. Yeah. And so Spock and Zarabeth kind of join him and they're feeling along the walls. Although for reasons unknown, their wall doesn't work unless the disc is in. Yeah. That's how it works. The portal's not open unless the disc is in. And I guess Kirk Scott left there and that's okay. how he got But how... Okay... This brings back to my original point. How did they go through? If Bones was just holding the disc, was it in the machine? It was in the machine. It was in the machine on the shelves. Yeah, it was on the. They machine were both. The they were both in the machines. Oh, different machines. Yeah, because they had little viewers all over it the just place. Didn't seem to make yeah. sense to me. Though. Yeah, they Anyways. were both in. So I guess it was cycling back and forth, and then. Um. So luckily, they cycle through a couple of cold ass plant, cold ass times in history. Mm-hmm. Land on the right one, mm-hmm. and, and then Kirk Kirk yells through the doorway. Yeah. Follow my voice! Bones, Spock, come home! It's dinner. Yes, and there's a kind of lovely thing where Scotty's like, you Fuck know... this, I'm beaming you up, yeah, I don't we, care. Yeah, we kind of have to leave. And Kirk is like, no, not without my children. 
And yes. So Bones is like, whatever the fuck you want to do with your life, that's fine. I am leaving here. And he tries to go through the portal, but he can't. Well, no, Spock, he says, Spock, let's go. And Bones and Spock shoves him towards the portal, but it won't But it won't work. They both have to go at the same time. Angry, primitive Spock wants to stay. With his woman. Yeah. It's very much, I'm sitting on the edge of forever. Mm -hmm. It's very, very much that. Sacrifices must be made. And the sacrifice is, again, the woman, which is not awesome but her fate has already been sealed oh yes yeah like she's doomed no matter what happens and this must be a pleasant memory i guess yeah but yeah he he tries to stay with her yeah he makes a illogical on him choice but i really do believe that it is not him he he at a certain point says i am not myself yeah yeah um because he believes at his core being that he is someone who does not show emotion you know is Vulcan and so without that he is not him so I don't actually think that this was Spock no it's I don't it's 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 proto Spock sure um so yeah they go back through finally Atos the second they appear switches discs and runs through to like join his family which fair yeah he wanted to leave these assholes are really holding him up yeah and to be fair to this librarian he did wait until the last possible second to give them a chance to get back yeah so, respect to him. Although he was actively trying to sabotage the entire Enterprise up until, like, Kirk ninja-chopped him. Well, hmm. Like, he could have he could have made it much simpler if he had just listened to Kirk for three seconds instead of tasering him. That was, like, 15 minutes lost. Well, that's fair. As a librarian, it's always important to listen when someone asks you a question mm-hmm. and not make assumptions. So they beam up. Um... And the planet, and the sun blows up. Yeah, you'd yeah. definitely be dead already, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. My favorite part is, is that, you know, McCoy's like, you felt something. Like, you really felt something. And Spock's like, whatever. And it's like, and how do you feel about that girl? And Spock's like, she's dead. She's yeah. been dead she for 5,000 years. She, she dead. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I love that. He was, like, very practical about it. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah she was nice, but now she's dead. <laughs> End story. <laughs> yeah. Which I actually really liked. Yeah. I wasn't happy that she was dead. I just liked it. <laughs> and that was the interlude, and she is, like, dust now. I mm-hmm. really liked this episode. It was good, yeah, right? It was yeah. good. It was solid. I mean, not that much happened, and I don't think that much time passed, because we spent so much 17 time... 17 minutes, more or less. <laughs> yeah, like, maximum three hours. But, yeah. like, it went back and forth so many times that it felt like almost no time passed. It was honestly a really well-constructed, well-acted yeah episode yeah um performance of the episode guys uh i gave it to leonard nimoy interesting any particular reason um his gro- his just the mounting frustration and anger that he showed and his like such conflicted emotions i love that he got lit really well a couple yeah. of times after he finished assaulting mccoy where he kind of puts his head down and you can't his eyes are all shat in yeah. shadow i was like dang that's again competently done yeah, yeah. Um, Ari? Uh, what's the actress? Marriott? Uh, Marriott Hartley. Marriott Hartley. Who she, she played? Zarabeth. Zarabeth. She was very good too. She was great. I, hmm. I thought Nemo did did a great job. I thought Mad Marriott Hartley did an equally good job, but I'm giving it to Kermit Murdu, who played the prosecutor. Because I I feel bad because I spent most of the episode wanting to murder him. (laughs) Um, also the lady playing Lamort because... Which <laughs> just something that I can really use in my day to day life. Yeah. Um, Kim, your count? Uh nobody died. Huh. No at a planet of a billion people, 
Everybody did not die. Everybody lives. Woo! Or um, like, I mean, they've been dead for hundreds of years. Okay. But, anyway, shut okay. your face. Are you your account? Uh, five ladies, no people of color. No, it's a su- it's a super. We don't even see the inter- the bridge of the Enterprise in this one. No. So. In fact, I don't think we're gonna see Uhura again. And I can't remember if we see Sulu. In the next episode? I guess we'll see. I'm I'm really excited about next episode. It's the last one! No, not because of that. It's because it is... (laughs) Misogyny drives women crazy and men are dicks. (laughs) Which I really like as a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Life lesson to take away from this episode, Ari. The past is still garbage. I know I've used that as a a life lesson before, but like, the past sucks. Don't go there. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Uh, Kim? Uh, mine's similar, but not quite as harsh. <laughs> History is interesting, and you should learn all you can about your past. Before visiting. Yes. Or never visit. That's the silent part, before visiting. Yeah. <laughs> Travel advisory. I think mine would be observe proper reference interviews. <laughs> So, for Could example... Could have saved so much trouble. Yes. Like the example that we always get in library school when someone comes to the desk and asks about China, the follow-up question would be, the country or porcelain? <laughs> um, because misunderstandings lead to frustration. So, Kareen, when you eventually start actually teaching library science classes, oh, you should show this episode at the beginning of your reference class Too and then true. get them to list everything that went wrong because the, <laughs> of the <laughs> failed interview. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure the list would start with, you know, improper reference interview and end with loading a unconscious person that you knocked out with a taser onto a trolley and like pushing them out the door. Hey listeners, which is a title I bestow on you because you are, after all, still listening to me speak. If you like us, like Star Trek, like the show, or any combination of the three, do us a favor and subscribe to and rate us on iTunes so that other people can like us too. You can also tweet about us or tumble about us or whatever verb word that describes the social media platform of your choice. If it helps, we both like and appreciate you.